This is Ben C. on Griper, 718-339-6020 or 347-563-0951. Today, we're dealing with living with the Parsha, Bahar and Kosai. We're going to deal with an Indian dealing with making peace as soon as possible, but we'll see how we'll get there. First, the partial we begin, we see Bahar, Dilbaramuna, the Shemitah year, the la- let the land lay fallow, the seventh year. So, this aspect is one of Amuna, a faith, that a person has total faith in the boss. Can you imagine not working the seventh year, which means the se- sixth year's crop has to last the seventh year, and the time it's planted again. This is the eighth year, which has the last the eighth year. It's like two years. People have such faith. Emuna in the boss. This is chizuk. Encouragement to us. We have to build our emuna, Build our faith. We learn many, many times. The Rambam tells us, look at the Bria. Look at the world. You can't miss it. We all came from a little embryo, and now we're human beings. A seed came from a mush. From a mush, we have a seed in a tree. So a person has to utilize the world to see the Creator. And to work, work on it daily until it becomes real. Like a physical thing. And also, you see the chesed, the kindness of Hashem and all the activities. On and on. Go, go over your day now. And you see, you woke up in the morning, nice, safe streets. And you're breathing... And you're walking, and you have work, and you're learning. There's so much we have. So this chesed, chesed, chesed. It's kindness, kindness. So you knock it in. So you see the Pasha's pushing, telling us we need this. We need this foundation. Then we have Kukosai in the Pasha too. And this Pasha deals with Im Kukosai Telechu which a person goes in the way, which means you follow the laws, follow the way of the Torah, and you learn Torah. And we know the Torah is a blueprint of life. Anyone who learns and involved a little with the Torah life, you see the answers to questions and questions and questions and gives each individual the blueprint, blueprint for his or her own life. Tailor-made for each person. Taller, short, a genius and not such a genius. Whoever you are, there's the blueprint. So you see the Pasha is already giving us, Pasha shows how to live, how to think. And it's on a constant basis we have this. And then, in Chavav Men Beis, it says, in the Pasha this week, I will remember my covenant with the bris, with Yaakov, and also the covenant with Yitzchak, and also the covenant with Avram. I will remember, and I remember the land. <clears throat> now, we see it's a little backwards. Usually it's Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. But now we have Yaakov, Yitzchak, and Avram. So Blaise Ginsburg explained it, that you see Torah. Yaakov represents Torah. Again, that blueprint. And we see how much Torah we have today. More and more manuscripts are coming out and speakers and 
shuls and yeshivas all over. Go anywhere, you'll see growth, growth, growth. So you see Torah, which is the blueprint, is what's most necessary. Then we have Yeshua which is prayer. And we know today, prayer, people praying for everybody. You need someone to pray for you for Shaduchim, you have a group. Some for health, another group. Panasa, another group. People are praying day and night all over the world for each other. Prayer is outstanding. What's going on today? All over. And we have Avram, Chesed, kindness, <coughs> which is dealing with all the kindness you can do. Go to a hospital, be good, you're set. And dealing with gemachs on anything. You want a gemach for, for a baby carriage. Anything. It's free of charge. And we have tzedakah all over. Millions and millions. So you see another part of the Parsha telling us that we have Torah, Torah, Torah. And you have to have prayer, prayer, prayer. And also the, the kindness. So it's given us all the blueprints, a little general, but if you go Pacific, you will see it's the blueprint of life. It's actually the blueprint how to live life. And everyone with a Selah Harav, with direction, finding a rabbi, it's success. But yet we see Mashiach not here today. Yet we see there's some turbulence in homes, among people. But why? Why? So one, we know we have to push ahead in these thoughts and these characters who we want to gain. And a person works and works and works on it and thinks about the other instead of himself. There's possibilities. But we're going to hit about something else today. Because we're in the Spirit of Omer now. And we count, count to get closer and closer to the Kabbalah Torah. But when we get to the Kabbalah Torah, it's accepting the Torah, Shavuah's time, we have to, we know we're working on cleaning ourselves. It's an idea of, I have to improve, have to improve, have to improve. That's an idea. So we know there are many reasons why we see and Rabbi Kiva this time, 24,000 Tamidim passed away. But one aspect they mentioned, Mephoshim mentioned, is because of lack of respect for each other. Like the Sina, hatred. We have to understand we're dealing with the greatest of people of all times. The greatest Adikim. Rabbi Shachs, and go, go all the way back. They're the greatest of people who are dealing with that generation. You can think of the greatest of women, whoever you can think of. We have the greatest of people in that generation learning together, and yet they call it hatred. So some say because they didn't show that respect for each other. In other words, when you're dealing with a great, great person, which hopefully we'll talk a little bit how to treat others as a great, great person, so even if you disagree, there's a way to say it. I don't understand. Explain it again. There's ways to do it with utmost respect, even if you don't understand 
or you don't, or you disagree. So it seems, what some say, that was lacking a little bit. They didn't give enough respect for each other. Each one was great, great, each one's greater than the other. And yet, it seemed, they call it a flaw. Well, even seen a hatred, which is, we can understand so well. But you see the idea of respecting another person. And we said weeks ago, respect today is not like respect, maybe in the old days, maybe not. But respect doesn't really mean, I respect your opinion, you respect my opinion. That's the way of the world. So everyone speaks their mind and no one listens to each other anyway. So respect, we have to understand, is a new kind of understanding. A man told me weeks ago, his wife in front of two people said, we have a good marriage. <clears throat> because my husband deals with my mishagas, craziness, and he respects me. So the wife walked out, and the man explained to his wife what respect means. Respect doesn't mean like we just said, you have your opinion, my opinion, with people are not listening anyway. And usually it starts an argument, you're not listening to me. So that's not, that's not respect today. Respect is accept the other person for who she or he is. Accept what they're saying. You might disagree with it, but hear it out. Because usually accept what the other person is, then the other person feels it. And the other person will understand and also understand his or her faults also. People know their faults. I mentioned once a couple came, he complained about her nagging, and she complained about him being cheap, among other things. When together he was asked, how could he be a better husband? He said, I could be less cheap. Asked her, how could he be a better wife? I could stop nagging. Everyone knows. After a little while, you know somebody, even at work, you know what's going on. You don't have to give any speeches. Every day, new, new, and every day, a comment about something. 365 days a year. And I think husband told me weeks ago in front of a daughter, the wife said, Tati treats me so nicely. He never complains about this, 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 this. And the father heard it. He said, I could explain it. I complained about all these things over the years. And probably she complained plenty about me. But she knew already. She knew already. To, to accept is a major aspect. And another major aspect of the <clears throat> idea of getting along and respecting, we mentioned how you proceed, how you create situations. We mentioned many times. No tension zone. First, meeting with your mate or a child or a parent is encouragement. Truthful encouragement of the good things they're doing. The table looks nice. You look nice. Supper was nice. Made the bed this morning. Whatever it is. And then when the other person says something, just get used to yes, yeah, sure. Because the other person only is telling you because it's important to them. And if you disagree, again, you constantly say it. Say, I, I hear your point. Listen. So there are ways to create getting along and a peace among people. And today we're going to look at a, a third, real, third aspect. The middle is the third commandment of marriage, which is making peace as soon as possible. This is a, a crucial thing. And many times arguments start or there's a flare-up 
or someone gets angry or says something or forgets something, it could be that person's fault. It could be the other person just got a bad phone call. You never know. Usually we see people, we don't know what happened the last minute, the last hour, the last 12 hours. So we have no idea. We see from here, judgment is hard because we don't really know what they're working on. We don't know. A lot of people get angry and you don't know what it's from. You think it's because of this incident. How come he's so short fused? You don't know what happened at work. You know what happened to her in the morning. You don't know. So to make peace as soon as possible is a big criteria after there's a slip, there's a flare up. And after all we, we said today, we spoke about many of these matters in length already. But today we're going to look at this a little bit. That soon has a some sort of flare-up. Or you hear a little, in your wife's voice, a little emotional uh, adrenaline. You, you, you feel something. You know, stop the conversation. And the other way around, too. And... To avoid from the beginning would be best. But if it keeps going, you have to learn how to say, I'm sorry. And I'm wrong. And you might not believe you're wrong. Not not believe you're sorry. But I guarantee a little later on, you look into it later. If you have a little calmness in your mind, you'll see. Maybe it wasn't maybe because she had a hard day. Or maybe because... I did something. I missed something which was important to her. Who knows? An old man who said his wife called him, he called his wife during lunchtime. And the first thing, started complaining, you took the tuna fish today and she was yelling at over the phone. And he said, she lost it. But he learned, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You took the tuna fish this morning, I can't, I can't believe it. And so what happened was two weeks later, he was home in the morning, and the children woke up, and all of a sudden there was, I think that morning he said something like, there was peanut butter, and one child said, I, there's no peanut butter, I'm not going to school today. And a whole big uproar. Then he realized, ah, two weeks ago, by taking that can of tuna fish, the only can of tuna fish, maybe my little boy, my little girl wanted tuna that day, and it was who knows how much aggravation my wife had. So I didn't know what was going on. But she was right. I should have been more considerate in the morning. So many times you see something, if you step back later, you'll see. Not as simple as you think that you're right. But to say, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. You're right. It's okay, it's okay. Sometimes quiet if you can. Whatever you can do, especially we keep telling everybody, we spoke about last, we keep routines. If you're constantly, constantly chizuk, encouragement, and helping your mate and building them up, so this, this method will work. You'll see things will go away faster. Could be five minutes, could be an hour, whatever. It'll go away. A man told me once, his wife, his daughter was getting married. It was in the Parsha. As he was dating, I want, to die, I want to marry someone like you, Tati. Daddy, someone like you. He thought, I'm not the smartest guy, not the richest guy. <clears throat> what is it? Because I never saw you argue back with mommy. This is what hit her. You want our children to get married, everyone. We want our sons and daughters to be the best behaved. 
in a home, if the husband is angry and she's calm, or the other way around, you okay, Todd's a little angry, mommy's a little angry today. But when both go at each other, there's foundations of a building you're destroying. It's a, it's a flame. It's the worst danger. Okay, I don't want to say it's worse than fire, but it's, it's, it's uh, eternity. So any way possible to stop immediately. If that doesn't work, maybe next day get flowers. Or get them, make them his favorite dinner. Who knows? Make peace as soon as you can. A little note in the morning. A little note in the morning. Have a good day. I'm sorry about last night. Whatever it is. Remember, a flame's rising. Then, even a couple could decide every Tuesday night. I know someone's thought every Tuesday night he's taking his wife out for an hour. He kindle all of a sudden a different relationship. I man just recently told me, I've been telling him years, take your wife away for a weekend. And over the years, he complained about this and her a little bit, and she complained to me and the children. He thought, finally, I saw him yesterday. He went away for a week. His wife was the happiest lady in the world. You have to think, think, what's the, the kudo? What's the specifics? And if you don't know, if you, you speak to your rabbi, you speak to your and whatever it is, fine, think about what the kudo is. A call once, like 11 o'clock at night, and she was in the background, whoa. And he was <clears throat> talking, and he knew they were a pretty friendly couple, and for some reason she was mad. So he called, and I said, right now, try to calm things down. Maybe just take her out. It seemed like taking her out might be good now. Take her out for pizza. So he turned around to his wife and said, and Ben Sion Griper said, I should take you out for pizza. Or something like that. And all of a sudden, it was a little laugh. And for some reason, that worked at that time. Another call, I can't take it, I can't take it. Every night he comes home, he comes home, he runs out. No time, he's on a computer. So it's just, you know, it was heard from Reverend Brock. Man comes home. You see, there's not there's something wrong. Set something up for him. No talk for fifteen minutes, half hour. Respect that he had a hard day. He said, put a little watermelon, whatever it is, out. So I told this lady next day, Friday, right before Shabbos, I had a new husband last night. When he came in, I didn't say anything. I know he had a hard day, and some watermelon had spread his favorite little foods. He was calm. He didn't go on a computer that night. He stayed home a little longer. He came home a little earlier. The children were enjoying him. I don't know. Magic trips, I don't know. Make peace as soon as possible. Whatever it takes. Another one I remember, 22 years married, would call up every once in a while. I can't take him. I can't take him, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, and you know, today's threats are not just, uh, I can't take it. I want out. I, we go to extremes right away. Boom. I want out. So I said, when he comes home, what do you do? Oh, I wait for him to come over. He doesn't come over. He grumps. He says something. Get this. It's a little suggestion. She has a suggestion. When he comes home, why not you give him the first hello, big hello first. And tell her about the watermelon. So next day I got a call. Why ah, he came home. I gave him the biggest hello. How are you? She said, I don't know. He was calm. 
We had a really nice evening together. I'm being very simple with these cases, but these are true stories. Usually, but when, what happens is years and years, days and days and months and years go by with the same, 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 you know, tension in the morning and uh, 7 o'clock when you come home and at nights and weekends, so then we're in trouble. But even then, we're going to talk about a little bit how to work on that. And that's why you need someone to help direct what is. Another call was 11.30 one night. Saw a certain booklet. The lady saw a booklet and said, husband has to talk to you, etc., etc., etc. They were seeing a certain big name. Everyone held a certain psychologist. Everyone heard of him. For 20 half years, and he says, I don't know if you get someone else, or I'll give you money back, and you have another 20 half years. He told me every time they get together, they t together, and he talks, he talks, they argue more. So it's fascinating. The, and the Kuda, a specific thing he kept saying to me was, my parents are out of town, I have to constantly, they're older, they constantly call, and I go there. And I, a little thing ticked, maybe he makes parents, parents number one, and not the lady. And was asked, she would pretty much said she doesn't feel like she's number one. So he had to do an uprooting. Had to show respect to his parents, not drive there all the time, and make his lady number one. The amazing thing happened. After three weeks, she wanted to have, she wanted to have a baby again. They have three children now. And it was like a, an uprooting. He just, a certain angle that he was involved with, he needed a little... Advice. Another change. Make peace as soon as possible. Whatever it takes. And he, he listened. And one of our very guess, famous stories we constantly tell. That was a couple 16, 17 years married. And a phone call came from Staten Island. My cousin said, I want my cousin to speak to you. And he got on the phone and said, my wife wants out, the therapist wants out, the rabbi says out, everyone says out, 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 out. Looked pretty rough. <laughs> so this woman, his lady will talk to one person another time on the phone, blasted. Doesn't help in the house. He doesn't learn. He doesn't work half the time. Whole slew. I was on the phone. The only thing I could hear, could say, I hear, I hear. You're right. I don't. That's a rough one. <laughs> I was listening. Then he came back on the phone. This is what we had to do. At least like psychology 101, big philosophy. Another ten years of therapy wasn't. He had to do something really quickly and something that he'd do something and stay doing it and so what happened was this thursday he was told thursday night you must stay up clean the kitchen clean the sink to make sure your wife has a clean kitchen and a sink in the morning she's going to be cooking tomorrow shabbos and make sure the rest of the house whatever you can do people are hell you sorry by the way i heard a lot of husbands started Helping a little more in the kitchen. 
And another thing is, she wants you to come home and help. So when you come in, four arms, you're part of the four arms, whatever she says. Yes, sure, and start helping. If it's with the broom, do it before. You know what you have to do already. And full steam to help, yes, and help with a smile and everything else. There are things she wants you to be more about with the children. You don't just go to sleep. The Sabbath, you have to say Torah and sing and then have a little Shabbos party after. Get involved. Get involved with the whole family. Let her take that big Shabbos rest. You just take care of business when you come in. You have to feel security and stability when you walk in the house. And we was told also, with that to learn more, but also work. He's working half-baked. Wanted to work, didn't want to work. She, she needed him to work. She wanted to see. In this case, he wanted he had to work more. I was told he had to work more. So that was it. Hung up. I told him not to say anything. And anyway, he said something. She called me back and said, What are you telling my husband to stay together for? People on the street are telling me to go away. Phone call, phone, phone call came on Sunday. And this. So the response was, he's, it was the greatest Shabbos I ever had in my whole life. He cleaned the whole kitchen and the sink. And he was helpful without a word. And Shabbos table was beautiful. And playing with the children. And I rested. And he was learning with the children. Unbelievable. But I tell everybody... I told her, let's wait for tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow again, another phone call, same response. Wow. And then he was told, this is not a magic trick, he was told. This is the real story. This is how you're supposed to live. This is, this is what a man's supposed to do. You have to be in it. And every three days he had a phone call, accountability, accountability. And two weeks a phone call came from a big complaint. Comes home now, helps at home. Puts help put the children to bed and Shabbos is a wonderful, but now he doesn't go out to learn. He's so busy with helping everybody. So we got him a class on Sundays, and now a year later or so, they're doing fine. Again, it's make peace as soon as possible, whatever it takes. Recently, someone came, he became religious very, very fast, and she, not as much. And it was asked, asked to her, again, are you number one to him? And I'm, she said, sadly, I'm second to the shul and to the rabbi, to the friends and work. Uh, I'm second to everything. So this man has to do a surgery. <laughs> I don't know about you know, leaving the shul or leaving his, but something has to happen. Full steam to show her that you're number one. If it means to leave the shul for a little bit and leave certain, certain people a little bit, it means to take her out once a week and I, to start the relationship, to rekindle how the love was from the beginning. It's hard. But to get things back again, get things back on the, on the sidewalk. This is, uh, has to be done. What happens is, is uh, many cases... Could be other way around too. The lady becomes more religious and gets disappointed in her husband. 
A rabbi, used to always say, how do you know you're becoming more religious or more from, or more involved in Torah? You become a better husband, a better wife, a better child, a better parent. If you know you're getting better, then you know you're growing in your Yiddishkeit, in your Vodas Hashem. So this is all crucial. We see that to make peace as soon as possible, if it's right. First of all, you have to come in paying attention, come in, create a good atmosphere. And then if something happens, you have to make sure if you can make peace any way possible. Sorry, please, I didn't mean that. Whatever, and you said that yesterday, she'll tell you, or he'll tell you. No, no, no. And then anything it takes, if it's a note of flowers to take out, and little by little, make your mate number one. Make your mate number one. Make your children number one. Make your parents number one. Make your siblings number one. And then all of a sudden you'll see you'll carry on at work. You'll you'll make the people feel important. You'll make your Rebbe feel important. You make your Tamina feel important. You make your teacher feel important. Because it'll be a way of life. And to run away from arguments like a plague, like a plague, like a plague. It's urgent. We keep throwing in Selah Harav. Hermila said, there's marriage insurance. I was right there. Marriage insurance is to get a rabbi, get someone who will direct both, who knows both, you're sensitive to both of you, who's going to work with both of you. You can call for daily advice. You can call and make, it, make each other accountable in the right way. You can make it, everybody, and change. See, this way we're talking about what, what, what we, everything we have in Moon that we learned from the Pasha. Ah, there's books and books born by Moon and the, and the boss above and stories. And the story about ah, the learning Torah is Gavaldic. We see it all over the place, learning Torah. And prayer, davening, all over. Tremendous. And continue. And chesed, kindness, beyond, beyond people to kindness is like part of their activity. And yet we see there's something still, and in it, something's a little missing with this great blueprint. And it's in the blueprint, we just haven't found it. It's to get along with others, how to give people encouragement, how to look for their good, how to help, and then how to learn how to make peace as soon as possible. If it's a sorry, it's a note, it's a takeout, whatever it is, ask advice. And then all of a sudden it becomes a, it's work, it's work, but it's a better life. And then you're making a ticket to yourself, you're fixing yourself up. It becomes a nicer life. You go into your home and it's more, it's labor dig maybe, but it's, it's a home. And your whole life becomes a get along. It's, it's a whole different life. And by the way, you get more respect. And by the way, people listen even more. So we should go vaita. We should go. We should be encouraged to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu. However, these refuas and yeshuas and tzeduchim and panasa, all good for all yidden. Hashem should bless all of us. And should have aslocha bracha and everything ruchnius and gashmius. You can see on Griper seven one eight three three nine six zero two zero or three four seven five six three zero nine five one. Cold tooth.